we go live. Yes, we are live. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another awesome week of Power Hour. We are so glad to have you with us. It is great to see you. And today we have the amazing Chila Muskan here and Dan Mott, and we're going to talk all about things you need to know to use speaking to improve your life and business. So, I'm Claire Davis. I run Traction Resume and I help job seekers, specifically in sales, get better jobs and make more money with awesome personal branding and interview prep. And Dan, do you want to introduce yourself really quick and we will get started? Yeah, we're on a short crew today, but we'll have fun anyway. Hi everyone, I'm Dan Mott. I am a LinkedIn coach and consultant. Uh, I work with you to help you build your business on LinkedIn through boot camps, courses, uh, and a lot of free resources. Right currently going through pre-registration on my newest course, uh, Sales Navigator Training, and I'm actually doing a live training next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, if you want to join us. <clears throat> um, Claire is going to shut her door to keep the kids out, but she'll be back in a second. <laughs> Was that not a secret anymore? <laughs> hey, I think it's a, it's a well-known fact. <laughs> I actually have to I do close have my door two, too, so. Yeah, right? I've got two squirrely natives outside the door, but I know that I will be there in just a little bit. So anyway, you guys, welcome to Power Hour. If you're just joining us for the first time, we are so excited to have you because this is, the, this is a podcast, or rather a live show now, where we shatter the monotonous, the monotonous, endless online advice, and we really try to help give you guys tools that you can implement right here and now and today. So today we have an incredible speaker. So if you're with us, we are so glad to have you here. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or you're a job seeker and you're looking to get ahead with some soft skills, we are so excited to have everybody with us today. And let us know where you're tuning in from because we would love to see where you're catching us live. So if you are returning, welcome back. Today, I am really excited to introduce someone to you who I who <clears throat> struck a chord with me immediately when I heard her speak on her podcast and also over on Erin Geiger's podcast, uh, Small Business, Big Mindset. And Chila has an incredible story and she really also gets to the heart of what it means to be an impactful speaker and to use storytelling strategically to your advantage in life and business. She is the founder of Speak to Scale Academy, and you can find her at strategicspeakerworkshop.com as well. So Chila, we're super excited to talk with you today because a lot of our audience, whether they be in business for themselves or if they're job seekers, are wanting to get ahead with using public speaking and confidence in telling their story. So I'm really excited to have you here to sort of Tell us a little bit about where you got started and how you developed this passion. And then maybe we can get into some tips for everybody. Does that sound good? Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks, awesome. Claire and Dan, so much for having me. This is so fun. Um, as we were talking before we hit the live button, um, I just feel like there's such a great energy when more people come together and we have conversation mm -hmm. around the same topic. So thanks for having me today. This yeah. is going to be so fun. <laughs> So tell us a little bit, Chila, about where you, I mean, I know you share your story, you know, so openly on your podcast, or I wouldn't ask, but can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you sort of were an unlikely uh, speaker to begin yeah. with, as you described when we were chatting off screen, you know, you're like, I honestly feel like I was the last person in line to start teaching people about this stuff, but really you were the perfect person. Cause of, so can you tell us a little bit about how you got your start and why you love what you do? Yeah. So 
Yes, I always start saying that I was the unlikely candidate because I am an introvert. I'm in sh I'm shy, <laughs> and so um, I also grew up in a, a pretty hostile environment. And I think that that kind of set me on a path where I was really insecure and having a hard time having my voice heard. Um, so I was born in Romania in um, 1981, which makes me 20. <laughs> no. <laughs> time <work. laughs> um, Anyways, and at the time, communism was blooming in Romania still. So really, people were living in fear. Um, we were really not encouraged to share our opinions and um, just a lot of um, fear people instilled in fear uh, people in people. And so um, I, I grew up in that environment, you know, and so I grew up to be um, not really feeling comfortable to share my voice, my opinion. And then on top of that, I, I was born into a home that was highly dysfunctional. And um, my parents were really not getting along. And so the um, environment at home was just very hostile. And so I turned into a, an insecure teenager, uh, an insecure young adult. And um, I was really having a hard time um, making connections, relationships. And so I always find it funny when people now tell me that, wow, you look so confident when you speak and when you're on stage, you just come across so calm. It looks natural. It looks effortless. And that's why I say that my story should be an encouragement to everybody, because <laughs> if I can become that confident and calm speaker, um, pretty much anybody can do it. It came at the price of a lot of practice of watching a lot of confident speakers on stage, learning how they do it. Um, having um, been trained by some of the best uh, John Maxwell is um, the John Maxwell uh, coaching program is the one that I went through as mm -hmm. a speaker. And, and so long story short, um, I now run the speak to scale Academy or speak to scale website where I teach um, entrepreneurs and uh, female business owners, more specifically, I think I would say 95% of my audience is uh, female business owners, just how to um, not only clarify their brand message, clarify a standout brand message, but then also take that message to the stage, because I feel like a lot of the business owners I work with want to establish themselves, their names in the industry as a go-to expert. And mm -hmm. one of the best ways to do that, to really come across as the authority in your niche, I feel like is public speaking. And I, yeah, you know, people ask me, um, do you get nervous still when, when you speak? Well, <laughs> look at my neck. That's how you can see. <laughs> and I, I always tell people oh. the first five minutes, you're always going to feel the jitters. It doesn't matter yeah. how experienced you are. And then you settle into the routine. And I always say embrace the nerves because it actually gives you that energy, the adrenaline that you need in order to actually come across more like, okay, let's do this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's I so funny. That. I get, I get nervous before every sales call and no matter how many like hundreds of thousands I've, I've done, I teach it to other people, like how to do it, what best, yeah. best practices and stuff. And just like, you're going to get that feeling no matter what, because you're always going to have those things that are going through your head and you just need to like, you need, right. You can either use that to say like, crap, I'm nervous. So I'm going to do a bad job. And then you will do a bad job. Or you can use that to your advantage and say like, mm -hmm. all right, uh, like, you know, this is going to keep me on top of my game and make sure that I'm asking the right questions. And then I'm actually able to control and, and move the conversation forward. So uh, being Absolutely. able to like use that energy to your advantage is, is, is a big part of, 
performing, public speaking, all that stuff. So. Yeah, and I, I truly believe, like you said, I think it keeps us on our toes and keeps us doing better to show up and mm -hmm. do um, a great job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But anyways, that's kind of like in a nutshell, my story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel, I feel like it's so relatable because most everybody here, if not everybody here is, ha has at least been a job seeker at one point or has been an entrepreneur at one point or is now running business for themselves. And, you know, in the beginning, it's shaky in the beginning. It's, I don't know what I don't know. Right. It's, it's a vulnerable place. And so I feel like it's a really important way to shift your mind from what's making me nervous and how do I use that? And I remember a while ago, Matt and I ran a room and we were talking about how to turn your anxiety into excitement. And now that's a powerful tool, right? I love what you shared that the adrenaline really needs to be there because mm -hmm. then you can get that energy to come out through what you're saying when you're speaking. So mm -hmm. I love that tip. I think that's a great way to look at it that can kind of squash the fear a little bit and also validate, okay, we're all a little nervous, right? Because it's true. It's true. We're all sort yeah, of in I the think same in, boat it's there. In trying to hide it is we actually where we get tripped up. And just, yeah. that's why I say just embrace it, be honest okay. about it, be vulnerable about it. Now, um, I always say, you know, um, to my clients, when you go up there, don't say like, oh, I'm so nervous, you know, because in a way, again, <laughs> you're setting the tone for your audience. Yeah. And so, uh, but also like, who, you know, like this is exciting. It's nervous and, and anxious and exciting at the same time, but hey, let's do this, you know? And so um, in yeah. that way, you're just honest about it, but you're also not putting yourself down. Yeah. Totally. And I want to invite, I see we've got some folks in the chat, Robert and Mike. It's so great to see you with dude, Kathy, Leslie. It is a full house tonight, today. Good morning. <laughs> well, well, tonight, Zaka <laughs> says good night. Lupin's here, Maddie's here, Andy. Great to Andy see York you guys. Andy says, yeah, introverts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, right. <laughs> So when we uh, were speaking last week with uh, Brendan, he's a, a, another speaking coach. He was talking about how introverts actually can have a greater advantage when it comes to public speaking, which I think is turning the idea on its head a little bit because a lot of times when we think like, okay, really, are you an extrovert or an introvert? If you're an introvert, you, you like to you know hole away and you're afraid to speak. But really, he brought to light some things that I thought that were very interesting about how introverts are traditionally better listeners, mm -hmm. how introverts tend to think before they start <laughs> speaking, which I'm extrovert right here. I'm totally guilty of, of speaking without really processing all the angles first. Guilty. So I find that Dan's like, wait, I'm saying that. So I find that to be really interesting. And so I was curious to see if you felt like at this point you found your being an introvert to be a little bit of a superpower. Hmm, absolutely. And it's something that I, I didn't think of before, but I actually did a reel on this on my Instagram, why introverts make for better public speakers. Okay. <laughs> the, I think I shared like three or four things on it, but I think one of the reasons why as, um, who was the previous uh, speaker that you had on? Brendan Kumar. Brendan. Okay. Brendan. Yeah. As Brendan said, introverts are better listeners. They also, mm. introverts are better at reading people because they're in a way constantly observing. And so, you know, reading the audience um, better, but then also creating a really killer message mm. takes a lot of preparation. And actually all of that happens inside closed doors, 
uh, in the quiet. It, it's not happening on the stage, right? And so, of course, introverts are great at prepping and taking the time, doing the research. And so um, I think that's one of the other reasons they're really great at uh, practicing in advance and taking their time to um, create their presentation. Um, and so, yes, I, I do believe that in some in some ways, um, introverts can be also introverts kind of bottle up all of their energy throughout the week. Yeah. And then when they do speak, it's like, Ooh, here it is. Here's all of it. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I agree with him. I definitely agree for sure. Leslie now, I'm not says, saying that extroverts cannot, cannot be amazing speakers. I'm just saying that I think this is a, a belief that um, many introverts have or use as an excuse, I should say, <laughs> that they cannot be. Sure. Yeah. They're, they're using it as their superpower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, Leslie Holt says, a great book for introverts is Quiet by Susan Cain. Um, so chat, if you have any questions about public speaking, like what are your biggest fears? Like why, yeah. what holds you back from public speaking? What, what do you think, like, what questions do you have that would make you better? And, and Sheila, I guess a good question for you would be like your, your clients, the people that you work with are people who even just reach out to you, um, you know, like via email or social media. Uh, what are some of the first questions that they have concerns that they have when it comes to public speaking? So the very first question and the most often asked question I asked, uh, get asked is, how can I become more confident? And um, I, I feel like especially with the year that we are coming out of, even people who felt comfortable um, kind of gotten out of the routine because a lot of our, especially physical stages, obviously, opportunities have kind of been taken away. And public speaking, just like anything else, is a skill. It's like a muscle. If you don't practice it, it's going to atrophy over time. And so um, the first thing that I always tell my clients is that it comes, confidence comes with practice. But um, there are usually three things that I tell people when it comes to boosting their confidence as a speaker. The first is that you need to strategically prepare, meaning that um, follow some sort of a system that's going to help you create a presentation that not only is entertaining and it's engaging, but it's also moving people into taking action on whatever you are sharing, right? So that's the very first thing. If you know what you're going to be talking about and you know where this is all leading, then the confusion is taken out of it and that immediately already makes you feel more okay at ease okay so i know what i'm doing i know what this presentation is going to look like where it's headed then practicing mm -hmm. i always tell my clients i even to this day whenever i do a keynote message i practice 10 times at least before i actually deliver the presentation now i'm not mm -hmm. memorizing the presentation but what I'm doing is that I have my, you know, my opening, I have the middle section, which has three to five supporting points. I know the stories that go with each point, And then I know what my closing is going to look like. And mm -hmm. so I go through the whole thing 10 times, just like I would be presenting in front of a group. And so that means I'm standing up and I'm talking like there's people in the audience. And sometimes yeah. I would even record myself on video just so I can see what I'm doing now, it's awkward to watch it back, but it's just so eye opening at the same time. Like, what am I doing? You know, am I actually smiling? Cause that's another thing. Sometimes I can get so intense uh, that it's like, whoa, I come off scary. Like I need to put a little bit more smile. <laughs> when I get passionate about talking about topics that I enjoy, 
I actually yeah. get very like, you know, intense, scary intense. So I'm like, I need to back it off a little bit here. So <laughs> me too. definitely um, makes things better. And then the final thing is just action. So you cannot bypass this, this step because every time you do it, you become better. And every time you do it, you just, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like you, it just, it becomes easier. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know who was, was it that said, you want to be a writer, write. You want to yes. be a singer, sing. You want to be a speaker, yes. speak. The only way that you're actually going to become better is by making the mistakes. And what action does is really, it gives you clarity on what needs to change. It gives you clarity on what is working. And mm -hmm. then it also boosts your confidence because if you did better than you thought you were going to do, you're like, ooh, kudos. You're actually doing really well, right? Yeah. Or if it didn't work the way that you wanted it to work, it still boosts your confidence because you are telling your subconscious mind that I did something hard. I survived. I can do hard things. And then you get the feedback. You, you make it better. And then you show up more prepared next time. So either way, mm -hmm. it's a win-win, really. <laughs> Yeah. So when you're, I think that is brilliant advice. In fact, I had a, the woman we were speaking about before who we were going through interview prep this week said, public speaking is something that I absolutely hate. I can speak to my client every day of the week and I can get them to follow through and to write script and to do what they need to do to help their patients and guide them. I'm solid there. But when it comes to public speaking in front of a crowd on a stage, I am terrified. So I, told her to try out Clubhouse because mm -hmm. I thought, you know, maybe if we dip your toe in the water, mm -hmm. then you can get comfortable with one, practicing in an environment where people can't see you, but it's still live. And I remember the very first couple of months where I was on Clubhouse and clicking that, you know, mic button so that I could speak. I was still a little shaky doing it until, you know, I had spoken in a couple of rooms and piped up my thoughts on a couple of topics, but it did take that practice that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So when you're guiding your clients on this and you're and teaching them to put these things into action, is there a way or an area where you encourage them to start? Like, you know, don't jump out in front of a stage of 500 people, mm -hmm. but maybe start with people you know, or do you mm -hmm. have them record themselves speaking or what's the first step? Yeah. Okay. So before I get to that part, I think mm -hmm. I want to share this because I think it will be helpful for some people. Why is it that we are not nervous when, as you said, your client is not nervous sharing her ideas with her clients, but then yeah. in front of a group. And I think the reason why it is because when you are talking one-on-one -on -one to somebody, you don't care so much about what they're going to think. Mm -hmm. And I think when we get in front of a group, what trips us up is we're too focused on how am I going to look? Our, mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's almost like we are making it too much about ourselves, which comes to bite us really, because then the pressure is on us to perform. If you flip mm -hmm. the script and you say, I am here to serve and I'm here to give, I know that the information that I have to offer can really change somebody's life or can really impact um, their business, or it can be a useful tool that they can use. I think half the pressure is taken off because you're then suddenly you're focused on the audience. And I think mm -hmm. that that's just one quick mindset shift that can help with that confidence piece. 
But then going back to the practical advice, yes, I would say don't jump and then suddenly speak in front of 100 people unless you have no other option, really. But um, I definitely think that asking some of your closest friends and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing a presentation. Would you come and listen to me? And maybe Mm. get three or four people together and and just present it as though you were um, doing that live in front of an audience. And have them say, like, could you give me an honest feedback? Like, can you give give me a, a couple of pointers of what I could be doing differently? Another great way to do it, again, as I said before, if you're not even ready to get in front of your, your friends yet, um, to just um, record yourself on a video camera and, um, and see um, even just watching yourself back can be very, very helpful. And then mm-hmm. um, apps like... Um, Uh, clubhouse are great because your face is not there now i know again being someone who's been speaking on stages for 20 years now when i first got on clubhouse and i had to introduce myself at one of the networking um events i my voice was kind of shaky i was like (laughs) sure this is nerve-wracking anything that's Uh new is going to take some practice prep you know and so i again I think it, it helps people to know that they're not alone, that even seasoned veterans who are speakers who have been doing this for a long time are still going to be struggling with it. Now, obviously, when it comes to because you practice so many times, you're able to to kind of control your voice more and gain control over it faster. But again, it mm-hmm. came at the expense of a lot of practice. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. 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 And Paige says, yes, and amen. Great tip. I am here to serve and give. I think you made a great point, right? Like you can't be focused on yourself because if you're focused on yourself, you're not giving a good presentation to your audience. So by focusing on them, you can make it about them and you can make it more actionable. You can make it more appealing for them to listen. So I think that's really, you know, an important component there. Yes. And I was going to say that I I know that there is a a, a well-known speaker who does it. And I don't know if it's Tony Robbins or somebody else, but during one of his big events, he has people come up who are terrified of public speaking. And what he does um, is that he brings, like he has people standing up in the audience and say, um, I've lost my husband or I've lost a child, like people who really have grief. And he says, now imagine that these people would not get any of the encouragement that you are bringing today unless you show up. And it's funny how their demeanor, everything changes immediately. It's like, okay, yes, I'm here. I want to give the encouragement for Mm -hmm. the people grieving because suddenly it's all about them. And then that also takes the pressure away from you having to perform, really. Yeah. Yeah. Takes a lot of that they're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, I feel like, especially for, well, wherever you are in your career, if you have your own business, you know, at the end of the day, we want to help others, right? We, we want to help others. I think it's a, it's a core human trait. You know, if you see somebody who's hurt, you, you wonder why, and you typically go check it out and, and want to help. And that's a really incredible mindset shift because you're right. If we don't take the opportunity to share the story, to empathize and connect with others, we can't help them and they can't receive that help or maybe that, you know, even little idea that we had that got us out of our situation when we were in a tough spot. So I think that's absolutely brilliant. I see that um, Takas has a question. He says, um, when you're standing in front of an audience while speaking, have you ever experienced where you suddenly forgot what you were going to say and how did you handle it? 
I would love to hear mm. your thoughts really on that, question. Sheila. Yeah. <laughs> I do that just when in conversations one-on-one -on -one with people too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one of, uh, it has happened for sure. And that's why I don't recommend people to memorize their presentations. Mm -hmm. um, if you can have just literally knowing what story you're going to tell at the beginning, um, what are the maybe three to five points that you're going to touch on? Because then even if you skip over one, then, um, you know, nobody's going to notice it really, except you. Um, but one of the things that we were taught, because my background is, as I said, I'm a singer. That's how I started out by singing on stage and touring. And we were always told that if you missed your lyrics or you, you know, you messed up, just keep on singing. Nobody is going to know, really, unless you stop and you're like, oh, no, you know, like what just happened? Because then automatically you're giving people in the audience the cue that I messed up. Right. But otherwise yeah. they wouldn't notice. And so. Um, I would just say, first of all, don't memorize your presentation because if mm -hmm. you do, if you skip, you're really gonna like um, not be able to pick up where you where you left off. And so, um, if you forget what your next point is, just whatever you think of next, go there, and then it'll mm -hmm. come to you probably, or go to a story that you can that you know you're gonna tell with that point. Now, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's what I usually do. Yeah, that's great advice. You just have to keep like the show must go on, right? Yes. I mean, there's a reason that's common in any kind of performance. I remember um, when I was studying art, there was this amazing painting by Van Gogh. And for years, they were just deliberating over what this one blotch was on the side. Like, is it a, is it a hay bale? Is it like a, someone hiding in a bush? And I think eventually the conclusion was he just messed up, but had to keep going. And so he wasn't mm -hmm. going to stop. You know, you just have to keep creating your art and keep moving forward. I think that's brilliant advice. Yeah. So um, when you're, when, okay, so you've, you've got your presentation, you know what you're going to talk about. You've set it up. How does one, how do you know when you have your own business that it's time to scale it and then do so with public speaking? Can you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of at the baseline, what that means? Mm. Yeah. So I definitely personally would not encourage someone who are, is just starting out to mm -hmm. go to spot public speaking, because I would say there are a couple of things you need to have in place. So in order to use public speaking effectively to grow your business mm -hmm. and to get your name out there. So you probably want to know what your message is, what your core message is as a brand. And, um, and then you probably want to have some back end offers or services that you're leading people to that's already established. And you're like, this, this is where I, this is what I want to be known for. So just like in the online space. And I know that so many of us make the mistake of not wanting to, um, really narrow in on our focus on our niche or what we're known for, I guess the same thing goes for public speaking. You, you don't want to be speaking on everything just, um, just to speak right now. Yeah. If that's the first objective is to get practiced then obviously speaking in front of all kinds of audiences on all kinds of messages, is not that big of a deal, but the people that I work with most of the time are business owners who want to be as I said, establish credibility and their name as an uh, as an authority figure. Um, I would say that you want to create about two or three keynote messages around the main 
core um, brand message that you have. So for example, for me, that would be, I'm a speaking and messaging expert, right? And so my, my top three keynote messages, one of them is on how to speak and scale your business. Uh, mm -hmm. The second one is how to tell stories within your business so that pe so that you move people uh, in the decision-making process. And then the third one is more of a social media aspect of how do you share your brand message um, and how do you speak your message on social media in a way that not only connects but converts um, your followers into clients. Mm. So I would say um, you definitely... Mm want to have a core brand message you are very clear on and this is what i want to be known for right like dan is known to be the linkedin expert or you are known the uh to be the you i know you're resume. helping people with resume okay <laughs> so it's just like, uh, suddenly blanked but you you both are known for something right now it doesn't mean that's the only thing you do in your business but that that's what you're known for and so the same thing goes with speaking you kind of want to be known for one message that, and then de develop a, about two or three keynote messages around that. Did that answer okay. your question? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, really so, and I know that, um, Dan, you know, quick plug, Dan working on your course, you know, speaking with confidence and having those keynote ideas that Sheila's talking about are, are part of that too. So can you talk a little bit and share a little bit about what that experience has been like too for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, right. And this is actually uh, Tila, a question I was going to ask you is right. Like, I think people always think of public speaking as like, I have to get up on stage and I have to present in front of hundreds or thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And it's not right. Like public speaking can be literally what we're doing right now. It can be creating content in video format. It could be talking on podcasts. It can be, uh, I mean, to an extent, even writing and publishing content to the internet is public speaking in a way you just have a lot more control over editing it beforehand. Um, and I actually don't, this is interesting for me because I don't do a lot of video. I used to do more video when I was getting started on LinkedIn and I kind of went exclusively short form video. And then I got, I got tired of doing it. It just wasn't the right format for me. I'm very much a writer. So that's the, that's my preferred method for creating content. Um, so when I, when I'm producing my course, I, a lot of it, you know, like I have worksheets and I have a lot of stuff, but a lot of like the, the best, the thing that I can do best in terms of actually coaching someone is, is sitting down on a call with them, is, is sharing my screen with them, is, is sharing my face with them and, and having conversations and asking questions and, and showing them and walking them through, okay, you need to do this here and you should go through this. And, it, and you know, if this happens, then this, this is what you do as a result. So, you know, for me, I have to go in and record those videos and it's, it's re it is really funny, you know, cause I, I don't record many videos and I think doing like power hour is a completely different experience. I'm used to doing it. I do it every Thursday. There's, you know, like I have you here to kind of like hold me up if I'm like, crap, what do I say next? Um, <laughs> But like doing those videos, yeah, like I'll have to reshoot them and I'll have to go through them and be like, crap, you know, like, did I, did I stick to the key points? Did I deliver my message? What, like, what was this video accomplishing and, and how well did I do so? Am I, am I just blabbering on? Am I muttering, muddying the water? Am I making this video longer than it needs to be? Um, so, I mean, you know, it, it definitely is an experience in public speaking and, you know, kind of takes me out of my realm a little bit, even though I'm doing very similar stuff every single day, every single week by being on Power Bear, by publishing content to LinkedIn every single day, by being on, you know, coaching calls and, and client calls. But it's it's still, it's just, you, you take yourself out of the, like, it's all the same, but you kind of just change one thing. And then all of a sudden you start to get into your head and you start to, you know, it starts to become a more difficult process. So yeah. um, it, it definitely is an experience to do, but, but having gone through all of that stuff that I just talked about has made it, you know, like it's, it's 
provided me the skill set and it's provided me the knowledge to know and to ask the right questions. Was that video good enough? Was mm -hmm. it too long? Was I blabbering on? Did I deliver across the point? So, mm -hmm. so having that experience has definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. I always find it funny when people say that they're not public speakers because that's something they kind of like um, pointed out at the beginning. As soon as you share your ideas with someone other than yourself, unless you're speaking to yourself, you are <laughs> speaking <laughs> publicly, really. I mean, yeah. anything, any idea that you have in your head, you share with somebody else is public speaking. Um, mm. So if we want to get nitty gritty about it, <laughs> then we are yeah. always public speaking when we're speaking to somebody else. But there's, um, as you said, like, you know, there's a certain, um, I think, again, it's that fear of being judged. And I think at the end of the day, if we really take it back, it's, that's, what it's, that's what scares people about speaking or sharing their ideas with a group of people. Because what if, you know, it's not going to resonate? Or what if some, someone's going to point out that I'm not enough or I'm not expert enough? Or, you know, these are all questions that we ask ourselves that are so unhelpful right before we go on mm -hmm. stage right yeah. um and as you yeah. said it, it doesn't have to be a physical stage that's why so many people have a hard time pushing a live button on an instagram or on linkedin because all these unhelpful questions are running through our minds of what are they gonna say what if they think i'm mm -hmm. not enough what if i'm gonna lose my words what if i'm gonna tr get tripped up and another thing that i always flip the script with my clients and say, okay, let's now instead ask empowering questions, questions okay. like, what is this opportunity giving me? How will yeah. the concepts and the ideas that I'm sharing will be beneficial to those that are listening? You know, how is it going to impact their life in a positive way? Right. And so instead of putting ourselves down, um, why not empowering ourselves right before we, we start speaking and, um, um, you know, right before we speak, another thing is that our breathing gets shallow. So physically, we are cutting oxygen off really to our brain and to our lungs, which is going to fuel that anxiety feeling. And so I always tell my clients, take a deep breath, you know, because mm -hmm. just by taking a deep breath, you already feel like your shoulders come down, you feel more relaxed. But then there's a technique that a, a psychology friend of mine taught me. And she said, you want to take a deep breath. You want to look around the room and quickly name five colors and then wiggle your toes. And what this does, it brings you back into your body. It brings you back into the present moment. So instead of thinking already five, seven steps ahead, it brings you back to the moment. And you're like, okay, I've got this. <laughs> so just a quick wow. tip there for you right before you go on stage or before you push the live button <laughs> on social media. That's good. I like That's that. I think awesome. it, it helps to not only bring you back into the present moment, but also remove the, right? Like you're now changing the thought pattern of like, yeah. crap, like, am I going to do well? Like all the, that nervous energy, you're now pushing it out of your mm -hmm. focus and then focusing on the, the moment. So exactly. You're disrupting the pattern and now yeah. you just have put yourself on a different one. So in a way, in a good way, you're distracting yourself from what you were thinking about before. Yeah. 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 You know, I think, Oh, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to share a quick story. Uh, my wife went Please. on an interview the, the other day, and she um, she was like nervous going into it, and she was saying negative things. And I was trying to like give her positive reinforcement and encouragement from there. And because she went into that interview having such a negative mindset, she came out like it didn't go well, right? Like she was like that was a terrible interview. She didn't get the job, blah blah blah. 
And then she just had another interview yesterday and completely like had the different mindset, right? Like had that bad experience, knew all the things that she went through, like what she did want, what, what she did wrong and what she would want to do right, was thinking about those things. Those are the things that were going through her head. And she went through the interview, it went amazing. They, like she did an online interview. They immediately called her in to, for later in the afternoon to come in and do an in-person interview, right? Like, so it, it's it's really funny, like how, how that mindset and being able to, if you're, if you're down the thought path and taking that pattern of negative thoughts, leading yourself in the wrong direction to like, you have to break that pattern. You have to flip the switch to go to something more positive to get you in the right mindset to be able to perform. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's what it is. It's a performance. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why even inside my speak to scale Academy um, in the core training curriculum, the first thing that I deal with is the mindset is because if you, truly believe that you are not capable of becoming a, a great speaker, a successful speaker, that's going to hold you back. And yep. so it's it's mm-hmm. just that important to work through those limiting beliefs and negative self-talk that is constantly rolling around our head and focus instead of what does a successful speaker look like and how can I immediately almost step into that and embody that person? What What are their characteristics? What do they do? Right. And so that's going to help you set you on a um, on a path towards becoming um, not just successfully um, have, uh, have a successful mindset, but also becoming a more successful speaker. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's oh, funny, absolutely. even with prospecting can be a really difficult thing to do for people because you get like a lot of like people ignore you. People tell you no or sometimes people tell you to like go screw yourself. Right. Like you can mm-hmm. have like really bad experiences with it. And that's why, like, I always tell people just have fun. Right. Like no matter what, like you're like you have to put in the work that's like, if you put in the work, you're going to get the results, but you can't like slog through the work. You got to enjoy it. You have to have fun with it. So, so do the things, do it, take the approach that you want to take, do it the way that you want to do it so that you you can actually enjoy the process because mm-hmm. if you enjoy the process, you're going to be more successful at it. Yeah. And for those listening or watching, can I give you a word of advice? 99% of the time people will say no. This is coming from mm-hmm. someone who, when I, I live in Nashville, right? Nashville is known to be the singer's market. Like everybody is a singer and they are all amazing by the way. But they're also 99% of the people who live here who are singers have jobs, right? And so mm-hmm. when we when we moved here five years ago, I hit the road and I remember talking to people and they were asking me, how are you booked? Like you have, you're booked out as a singer for the next six months. How, how are you doing that? And I said, mm-hmm. I call people mm-hmm. and they tell me no 99% of the time, but the 1% who says yes, I go and sing and speak and they refer me. And then, and so, and that's how, that's how you are going to build a successful business in pretty much any industry is to, it's hard, you know, because especially if you're the product, so to speak, it's hard to say here or no, right? I'm pitching myself. And so when people say no, it hits home. But then I also keep in mind that that 1% that do say yes leads to so many amazing things. And so I can tell you so many stories of 1% saying yes, speaking on their stage, getting five more bookings for people sitting in the state, in the audience, literally. And so it's worth it. It's worth it. It's not easy, but it's worth it for sure. Yeah. And you always have to think too, that those 99% people aren't saying no because of you. They're not saying no to you. What you're doing is you're qualifying them out. You're not the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I reached out to you to confirm that information. So, and 
from what I hear, 50% of those people are going to become your clients later on. And so Mm. I know people who have said yes to no to me a couple of years ago. It was not the right time. But then later on came back around and it's like, hey, I would love to hire you. You know, and so keep that always in mind when you are responding for a rejection. You want to be graceful and you say, hey, I understand completely. You know, if in the future you change your mind, so you still want to serve them well because you never know. And again, 50% of them will most likely come back later on (laughs) at some point. Which which is why nurturing those relationships is so incredibly important. Absolutely. (laughs) Because if you like, right, like if you just like, okay, no, fine, totally get it. And then you never talk to that person again, they're going to forget you exist and they're not Mm -hmm. going to come back. Whereas opposed to if you're able to stay in touch with them, if you're able to stay in contact and build that relationship, that's going to be the reason that they're coming back. Absolutely. That's so true. That's so true. And a lot of times they'll come back and say, okay, I wasn't ready then, but now I've seen you a million times. Or, you know, I think the stat now is you have to hear a message 16 times for it to really sink in once. And so Mm -hmm. then people are ready to take action, but might've even just been timing. You never know. Yeah. So that's really important. That's a great point. Um, Chila, there's, oh, go ahead, Dan. I was just saying really quick, because this is like something I'm, I'm like honing in right now on is because a lot of people have said that to me recently. And I'm like, yeah. yes, but remember that those 16 touch points aren't, hey, just following up. Hey, just following mm-hmm. up. Did you get my exactly. last nine messages? So like, yeah. I've been having a lot of fun with this. Like you have to add value every single time. Every one of those conversations right. has to be a give, a give, a give, a give. Yeah. Like give away free resources, right. answer questions, provide, like do whatever you can to help people. Um, that's, that should be the reason that you're reaching out to them. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, that's a that's a brilliant point. I was just thinking back to a client I worked with and we they were she was struggling with identifying what she wanted to do for her next move in her career. And so one of the follow-up messages to her cuz initially she wasn't ready to get her professional branding done and for good reason because she wouldn't she wasn't sure where she wanted to go next, what she wanted to do next. And my my I'm in the camp of if you don't know where you want to go in the end, there's no reason to point everywhere. You've really got to get focused on what you want to do next before you take action. So I said, no big deal. I'll keep in touch with you, of course. And then when you're ready, let's let's do this. And one um, of the follow-up messages I sent her was a, a story from my career that I thought could help because it related to her situation. And I think the reason that she then like, said, okay, I'm all in was because not only she identified what she wanted to do, but she could also relate to Mm -hmm. my story. And Mm -hmm. I I only bring that up because I thought, well, I feel like you're in this spot and I've been in that spot before and I want to help you and show you that you can get out of that place of feeling stuck. And I know, Chile, you talk a lot about the deep connection that you can create with an audience through storytelling. See, this is where I'm going, guys, storytelling. (laughs) And um, so one of those ways to follow up with clients that I use is I, I, I infuse my messages with a personal story or a bit that I feel can really relate that they can grab onto and see themselves in. So mm-hmm. Chile, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you use storytelling to really connect with your audience and, and why that's important in the first mm-hmm. place. So yeah. Shane, I, not here for this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that, as a story he, I saw that he's a story strategist. <laughs> I was like, yes. Maybe he should be the one. Um, I mean, I definitely, <laughs> I find it fascinating storytelling and 
especially how to use it for business. Cause I think we start talking more and more about it, but back even a couple of years ago, I don't think it was a thing, you know, storytelling for business so much. And, um, for me personally, I think I kind of happened upon it by accident because when I was singing on stage, I just saw audiences when there was a really well-written song that mm -hmm. literally told a story, people would be weeping, like, like they would connect with the words of the song. And of course, the combination of the two, also the melody and the, and the words, like they're so powerful together. But the thing is, I, I've been reading several books on storytelling as it relates to business. And, you know, mm -hmm. we all know we have the left side to our brain, right side to our brain. Left side is more analytical, um, um, more statistic driven and um, just kind of like the facts, you know. And then the right side is more the intuitive and the feeling and emotional. And while we like to think that we make our decisions based on rational thought, research actually shows that at the very point of decision-making, we make our decision based on emotions. Mm. But we do use our left side to kind of like, in a way, say kudos. See, like you've, you've used the statistics, the data to, in a way, to make your decision. But really, we're just using it as a um not not as a prop but it's like to justify our decisions basically but mm -hmm. we are emotionally driven people and so stories speak to not only both sides of the brain because when you are presenting a data you you can um showcase what that looks like in practicality through a story better than anything else right mm -hmm. but um Stories not only speak to both sides of the brain, but it actually speaks to the heart and the brain as well at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's why I think, you know, we are no longer in the age where business is done um, from a distance. I feel like mm -hmm. people are wanting to know the person behind the brand. They want to know why you do what you do. Why should they care about it? And um, how, how can you best showcase then telling the story of why you got started or what was your transformational uh, process? Because many times business owners or people who are really passionate about what they do, they do it because it comes out of a personal story. Wouldn't you say so? 95% mm -hmm. of the people that I work with, I know, started their business out of their personal transformation. They have yeah. struggled somewhere. They figured out how to make that bridge, how to cross that bridge. And now they're on the other side, teaching it to people. And so you're going to want to be able to tell that story in a way that your audience not only sees themselves in that story, but they can also see the success that you can help them achieve through that story. And so um, in the uh, Speak to Scale Academy, I have a process called... Um, stellar a signature story map where you how do you actually clarify your signature story and how do you craft it and tell it in a way that really connects with your audience mm. it's it's very important and and uh, also there are several different stories you want to tell in your business the you want to tell the why story you want to tell the success story you want to tell the failure story you want to tell right. the testimonials the the case studies of how you've helped or the spotlight story where you put the spotlight on people who've helped you succeed in what you're doing. There are so many different stories that you can incorporate in telling 
um, for your business, right? For your business growth and mm -hmm. connecting with potential clients. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I have my business story on my LinkedIn page, on my website. And every time I get on a sales call, that's usually how I lead off the conversation. Because what it does is it paints the full picture of exactly yeah. like who I am, what I do, and how I can mm -hmm. help you. Um, I, I share the experience of I'm like you because I started off, you know, like I, I used to have a job and, you know, here's my past experience. I quit and I started my own company and I realized like, now what do I do? How do I actually generate mm -hmm. leads for my business? How do I grow my business online? Um, and then I paint the picture of like, here's my past experience and here's how I've uh, applied that. Here was the journey that I had to go through in order to get to this point and why I'm here today doing what I'm doing to help you go through that same process. So like it shows that like, hey, I've been there. I know what you're going through. It shows that I have the experience to be able to overcome it and that I built a system out that I can step-by-step step take you through it so that way you can have the same success that I've had or that all of my other clients have had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, isn't it it's Simon Sinek that says, people don't care what you do until they know why you do it. Um, and it's important to to tell that story. And again, I think sometimes we hesitate in telling it because we're like, well, nobody cares about my story, but they actually do. If they're mm -hmm. if they're gonna trust you to lead them and guide them towards uh, an outcome they're looking for, they need to know that you know how you've been able to do that not only for yourself but for other people as well. And you tell that through stories. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think there's a real art to also being able to tell that why story succinctly, mm -hmm. right? Because yes. that's where a lot of my job seekers are starting. They're like, okay, Claire, like I, I mean, I love being in, you know, um, I love being in diabetes management because I have, you know, diabetes in my family and we ended up talking about it for like 20 minutes. But when it's in the interview setting, it needs to be like, three minutes or less, you know, like you've got to really get to the point and get the conversation moving again. So it's a, it's a real art. And I think that it makes so much sense that we gravitate toward people where, you know, through stories, because we start mm -hmm. to be able to embody them and also see ourselves in their shoes. Like we also almost get like a taste and a feeling for what it's like to be them. And we can see ourselves growing through their story too. Mm -hmm. So I think that's Absolutely. really brilliant. And for yeah. those people who think that they're not natural storytellers, again, um, just know that all the great storytellers are following a framework. There are certain pieces mm. and elements that when you place them within a story, it works, right? Yeah. And so if you think that you're not a great storyteller, I'm telling you, if you have certain pieces in that, in how you tell and the flow to it, um, anybody can can learn how to tell good stories. And they and don't have to be grandiose, you know, like big or shattering stories either. <laughs> well, I love when you yeah. break it down to that. There's really only seven different like stories mm -hmm. or like or mm -hmm. frameworks for a story. Yeah. And the only one I can think of at the top of my head is the hero's journey. But there's literally only like seven story. Every movie, every book, every yeah. like every story you've ever yeah. heard, watched or listened to <laughs> follow one of those seven frameworks. Exactly. Really and it's true. Yeah. But it's because that's yeah. what our our brain craves that's what we what we we want right and so you cannot go wrong with it it works <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure so if you were to tell so chila one thing we love to ask all our guests on power hour are you know if you could give the audience here something that they could implement today right so something that you could say to you know business owners or job seekers okay if you were to do one thing different today to help you to move forward in your public speaking and your storytelling to help your business or what what have you 
what's one thing that people can do today to help them get a little bit better and a little bit more confident in this area? In specifically in public speaking? Yeah. Is that, is that what you're sure. referring to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would unless say you have another one that you want to give us too. <laughs> yeah. Unless, I mean, really whatever tip you want to share. Yeah. Um, so as far as it public speaking goes, um, I would say have your signature story. If you can, if you can clarify and craft your signature story, um, because I feel like, again, not everybody has this. I know Dan, you said you have it on your website, believe it or not, most people don't. And, um, and also we, I don't, hardly ever see people sharing it on social media in through their posts and 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 we need to that didn't that needs to be like an ongoing consistent thing that we're because again we're we're afraid of repeating ourselves but as you said claire we need to hear something at least 15 16 times before we even yeah. start remembering it right and so i would say craft that signature story so that when you're asked even just in an interview on a podcast or um, you have the opportunity to share it on social media to know exactly what that looks like for you. And if I can mm -hmm. simplify that process, it would be, this is where I struggled. This is where I was before. These were the steps that I took and this is what it looks like now afterwards. Right now, mm -hmm. obviously um, there are a few more things, and we know, as Dan said, there are seven kind of pieces uh, that need to go into a good story. You want to have the hero and the villain and the struggle and push into the pain, and you want to have the guide and all of that. Um, and But I would say don't even get caught up in that. If you can just simplify it, this is where I was, this is what I did, this is how I got on the other side of it, and I can help you do the same thing. I would say having that first... Um, piece in place will help you with sharing your story. Um, as far mm -hmm. as, um, social media goes in an interview, talking to somebody else on a phone call, right. Um, it just, it, it really helps with that, uh, piece of even building your keynote message around your signature story. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be one. And as far as business goes, I think one that was super helpful to me a few years back is to always do the first Thing, the hardest thing first. I think we mm -hmm. all know intuitively in our business, what is that revenue producing activity? And it's most likely also the scariest thing. <laughs> and so if I can get Don't it out of the way, <laughs> yes. if, if I can get it out of the way in the morning while I still have my willpower, really. Yeah. Um, and so for me, back in the day when I was uh, booking myself for stages, it was to reach out. Um, I would block out the first two hours of my day and just do that relationship building, pitching myself to stages because that was the hardest thing, but I knew that was going to drive forward my speaking business. And that's what it did, but it's also the scariest thing. And so I would say, as far as business goes, um, if I would recommend just figuring out what is that number one revenue producing activity and get it out of as early as possible in the day, I think everything else after that in the day is going to feel like a walk in the park. <laughs> Love that. And, let, and let's make yeah. your, your public speaking um, action item a little bit more actionable. Go share your story on LinkedIn and tag nice. the Power Hour crew in it, and we'll check it out. We'll read it. We'll comment on it, and we'll we'd love to hear your story, and then we can share ours with you as well. 
You are speaking my language, Dan. <laughs> love well, it. All about we're, like, we're, let's we're, make this very tangible. Yeah. <laughs> so I yes. love it. And we're, and we're yes. crossing our paths. So public speaking absolutely. and LinkedIn. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And so you guys go do that today. And if you're not following or connected with Chila yet, don't wait. Absolutely do it. And Chila, can you tell us everywhere where we can and everyone here can find you online? Yes. So I'm going to give you one place because that's another thing I teach my speakers. Okay. Send people to one place. One call <laughs> Don't <action>. confuse them. <laughs> okay. And so um, speak to scaleacademy.com. That's, uh, that's the one place I would love. If you are interested in using um, public speaking, not just on a physical stage, I'm talking about LinkedIn Live, IG Live. I'm talking about uh, going to somebody else's Facebook group and teaching on your expertise. All of those things are public speaking and all of those things can scale your business. So um, speak to scaleacademy.com. Oh, I love it. I popped it in the chat. They're like part of the conversation. I have two kids, so I'm good. They're practicing their public speaking. Exactly. Exactly. Good job. Oh, Chila, we are so grateful for your time today. Thank you so much, everybody. Go and check out speaktoscaleacademy.com. Be sure to connect with Chila today, too. And thank you so much for your time. I know I have two pages of notes from just this conversation, and I'm, I know that the strategies that you've given us today will help anybody, whether they're an entrepreneur in business for themselves or a job seeker as well. So thank you so much for your time and your openness and sharing your story. Yeah, Claire, Dan, thanks so much for having me. I had a ton of fun. So thank you for allowing awesome. me to speak to your audience. Appreciate yeah, it. Oh my gosh. And same to you, everyone in the audience. We always love when you show up and hang out with us. Yes, thank you guys so much. And we you know, as we always say, time is our greatest commodity. So the fact that you chose to spend it with us this morning is really special. Thank you so much, everybody, for your time. And with that, we'll see you next week with another awesome Power Hour. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. <laughs>